2: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
0: with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Calm Bach Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com. That's chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kambach Feeds.
1: At Commbok Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at ComboxFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
0: Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with The Chicken Whisperer.
2: And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So, when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken.
0: Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with a Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Calm Bock Feed. It's got a great show lined up for you today. We've got Poultry Scientist and Professor Dr. Bridget McRae, PhD, she'll be joining us in a little bit. It's actually Q&A time, so if you have questions, uh, you can call in. The number today 347-637-3237. That's 347-637-3237. If you've got questions, I also have a list of questions that were posted both over on Facebook and at Twitter. We'll be getting to as well. First up, a few announcements regarding some really exciting things going on. Number one, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, I launched the Ultimate January Chicken Coop Contest. It's sponsored this year by uh, Curtis Coops and Yard Barns. Got a great coop valued at about seventeen hundred dollars. Um it's really it's a really good looking coop. And it's very simple to enter that contest. All the directions are over there at our Facebook page. Again, Facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer. And uh, we'll be giving that away. Um actually the, the contest goes through January, and then I'll be uh, announcing the winner, calling the winner on February the first. And uh, tremendous coop, seventeen hundred dollar value, and it's very simple to enter. Uh, I'll tell you now, in case you don't get or are on Facebook, all you got to do is send me an email. That's your kind of your entry form, if you will. Um, contest at ChickenWhisperer dot com. That's where you're gonna send the email. Contest at ChickenWhisperer uh, dot com, and then uh, in the subject line there, put coop contest, and then all I need in the email is your name your shipping address uh and a phone number so we can contact you. I'll already have your email address obviously and we'll announce the winner on the first of February. I will call the winner and email the winner to get in contact and let them know they won this awesome uh coup. And this time, this is the first time ever in the history of this show, uh history of the chicken whisper. And um where The winner of this particular prize will be responsible for shipping costs or picking the coop up. And uh, let me explain that, why the first time in uh, eight years we're doing this. Curtis Coop and Yards Barns, they've been uh, part of the show for a couple of years now. Last year, they provided a coop and shipping. They're a small USA-based family-run business in North Carolina. Okay, uh, they're trying to be successful in this field of backyard poultry, and they're building these great, wonderful, quality-made coops and, and yard barns and sheds and things. and And let's face it, it's it's tough um, when you're a small business uh, in America. Things are a lot of things are stacked against you. So they really wanted to participate and take advantage uh, of the of the uh, Chicken Whisperer show. Uh, and getting the word out about their company and about their awesome coops, just like they did last year. Um, but the the shipping cost for them to just out of pocket was a little much. Again, for a small USA based uh, business. Uh, so so this is the first time we ever. And you know, I'm, I'm actually was to be honest with you, uh, ready for a little bit of backlash. Why do we got to pay? What what's this? First time ever? Why? How come now? But it, actually, the comments have been very promising. Um, we even had somebody that suggested they would be willing to uh, put in a few dollars, five bucks, say, to help pay for the shipping for the winner. And actually, that post got uh, 25, 30 likes. Uh, so But... Um, uh, you know, shipping uh, from doing this a long time can range anywhere from we'll say two to four hundred dollars, uh, depending on where you live in the country. And if you live close by, it's well worth some gas and bar and a trailer to go up there and pick this thing up. It's fully assembled, um, and it's it's a nice large coupe. So uh, we've got that going on over on our Facebook page. It's a Facebook contest. I also want to let everybody know. Let me go over here real quick. I want to make sure the other coupe contest is going strong. Um, let me get over here and do this real quick. I want to make sure before I tell you that it's still going strong, <laughs> I want to make sure that it is. I think it is. Um, let me get over here to this. Uh, uh, and this is a coop contest called, yes, 23 more days and 10 hours. 23 days, 10 hours left uh, to enter the Super Coop contest, which is being done over uh, in our magazine. If you subscribe to Chicken Whisper Magazine, uh, great educational publication, Um we have a uh, we know our, have a contest in every issue and we're giving away a chicken coop through the magazine and uh, you still have 23 days to enter that the easiest way to do that is go over to our chicken whisperer magazine webpage chickenwhisperermagazine.com again that's chickenwhisperermagazine.com and and then look at the top there's a tab uh for contests and it'll come up and very very easy to enter that one all you have to do is in, i think it's uh 25 words or less. Uh, tell us what chicken keeping means to you, and then of course we'll have random drawing and announce a winner for that too. So right now we've got two, not one but two chicken coop contests that are going on right now, uh, both at our magazine and on our Facebook page. That's some exciting news, and we hope you take advantage of that. You know, you can't uh, win if you do not enter. And uh and let me tell you this, uh regarding, I didn't win the lottery and and I don't well nobody won actually, according to the news media, this five hundred million, half a billion dollars. And uh I'm gonna tell you the last time I played the lottery, I, I figured it up last night, was over three years ago. I was at an R B park and it was a little club meet and uh I got over 300 million, I think it was. And I said, What the heck? If it gets over 300 million, yeah, I'll play. Don't normally play the lottery ever. But I figured up it's been three years since I played the lottery. I figured it up from the last time I did, and it was over 300 million. So, um,. I went ahead and went out and bought some tickets, of course, didn't win. And now uh, it's Saturday, I think it's supposed to be uh, three-quarters of a uh, billion dollars. So, yeah, I might buy some more tickets for that, but um, I don't normally play. And like, it's over $300 million, I'll buy a few tickets, so uh, let's just call it for that. But uh, other exciting news, um, I'm going to have a Florida tour coming up next month in February. Uh, Florida tour will start schedule. schedule. Uh, I've got five events in Florida coming up in February. That's really kind of the beginning of the season here in Florida. Um, I know a lot of the stores start getting their baby chicks uh, around the 10th to the 15th of February. So this is perfect timing for the folks down in Florida. Uh, we're going to be at Fellsmere Feed, Fellsmere Feed in Fellsmere, Florida. That's F-E-L-L-S-M-E-R-E, Fellsmere, Florida. Wednesday, February 10th, and these are basically 6 or 6.30 start times, okay? Uh, But Fells Mill Feed in Fells Mill, Florida, Wednesday, February 10th. Ranch Feed in Palm City, Florida, Thursday, February the 11th. Uh, Again, that's Ranch Feed in Palm City, Florida. Those are over on the east coast of Florida, just north of, I guess, uh, Fort Lauderdale in that area. Uh, And then we've got um, Farm and Pet Outlet. In Orlando, we're going to be up in the big Orlando. So Farm and Pet Outlet in Orlando, that's Monday, February the 15th. Farm and Pet Outlet, in, and I never can pronounce this. Let's see, uh, uh, Eustis, E-U-S-T-I-S, Eustis, Florida. Uh, Farm, Pet, and Outlet there Tuesday, February 16th. And then um, let's see if we can pronounce this in uh, Bretney Feed in Ocala, Florida. So we got – how cool is that? Five stops on the Chicken Whisperer Tour, sponsored by Combox Feeds, next month. So we're looking forward to that. And then, of course, it's just going to be crazy busy, folks, because I've got to be up in uh, Columbus, Ohio, for a big feed dealer conference there with Combox Feeds, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of uh, of, uh, March and then we're, we're starting this spring tour. This year, just so you can look forward to it, if you live in these areas, I'll be in Michigan, I'll be in Wisconsin, I'll be in northern Illinois, northern Indiana, so definitely looking forward uh, to all of that. So uh, that's some cool news that we've got going on. Let me get back over here to uh, to the switchboard. and um, Perfect. Let me go see. I don't see the normal numbers on the switchboard right now for... Um, uh, Dr. McRae calling in. I talked to her yesterday. She was getting on a plane, probably flying back from her mama's out in Oregon. And so I'm just going to give her a real quick buzz here and remind her. And it was just yesterday I talked to her. So unless she's calling in from a different number, we've got some callers maybe calling in listening. Maybe want to ask her some questions, which is great. We'll open the phone lines here a little bit. And I've got questions for Dr. McRae as well that were posted. So let me just try to give her a ringy-dingy here. In fact, while I'm doing that, I'll just go to commercial break, get that out of the way. Y'all, hang tight. We've got a great show lined up for you today, and we appreciate you tuning and You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone, but up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water. The Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Enter the coupon code whisper at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brinsy.com. That's b r i n s e a.com. Since 1921, Strombergs has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver hen aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Just a capful a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing e-poultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. E-Poultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com That's www.eanimalproducts.com This
2: looks like a job for Super chicken, you get the super sauce, I'll done
0: my super shoot. All thank you very much for staying with us today in Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisper. i got to take just a minute, it's live radio, and uh, you normally send shout-outs to everybody, but i got to lean across my shoulder here for a minute. Hey, Jen, guess, 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 just guess, guess who's in the chat room today. Christina. Yes and Brighton and Laura. Yeah, everybody's saying hello. Uh it is nap time. Half of my crew is uh taking a nap, the little one, uh Lily, and then um uh Caleb is in the other room down on the other end of the uh, R V with uh with Jen trying to uh stay occupied and probably doing some homeschool stuff or something. Uh so we uh, try to keep it quiet for the radio show and uh <laughs> and everything else. I'm going to do Chickens in the News, okay? And then uh, we're going to bring Dr. McCray on. I did get in touch with her during the break. And uh, guess where she was at? At the grocery store. (laughs) So she'll head out of the car. She'll call in, and we'll take some questions. We may have... uh, a couple of callers that, okay, gotcha. Yep, I see they have you called in. So we may have one caller anyway uh, from area code 559 that may have some questions for Dr. McCray. They may just be calling in to listen, and that's perfectly fine. But i got a list of questions as well for uh, Dr. McRae, uh both from our Twitter account and the other. Let's go to, to our Chickens in the News segment uh, where we're waiting, her to, uh, waiting for Dr. McCray to, uh, what do we say, get her ducks in a row. I know, wrong show. But, um, hey, we got to do that. So let's get over here to our first Chickens in the News segment, and these businesses are starting to pop up all over the country. We've heard about them. We've talked about them on the show. We've talked about them when I've been on tour, and uh, again, it looks like someone else uh, has started a new business. Um, My Urban Hen is the name of it, and it offers seasonal chicken rentals in Ann Arbor, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I may be up that way coming up here uh, this spring. Uh, Ann Arbor residents can have all the fresh eggs they want without the commitment of owning chickens year-round, thanks to a new business called My Urban Hen. Let's dice this down a little bit. So um, they want all these fresh eggs, but they don't want the commitment. Now, now the first thing that comes to my mind, pops in my mind, is <laughs> – I know it's totally different, but when we come up to spring here and I start sharing that meme about the picture of the baby chick, I am – not an Easter basket surprise. I am a commitment. Okay, um, you know these are live animals. They're not just throwaway pets. Um, I mean, uh, do people really have that hard time of, of, of commit I guess so. The shelters are full of dogs and cats, right? So so I don't know. Maybe this is a good way if you're, you have issues with commitment. I want to try this, but I'm not ready to really try it, so I'll just pay them some money to come set this up in my backyard, and then I'll, if I don't like it, I'll just say, hey, come get this crap. I, I don't know. So uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear about that first paragraph. Waterloo Township uh based my urban hen will rent two or four laying hens to residents in Ann Arbor, Chelsea uh and I uh, can't pronounce the city name, Yips, Stlatani for seven months. Seven months. The green uh the three cities allow residents with proper permits to keep chickens. We want to make it accessible and fun to keep chickens, said founder Aaron Zimple. That's why we want to send uh we want to spend a lot of time with families and let them know uh we're here through the season. Eric and Aaron Zimple, who have raised chickens for six years, realized no one in Michigan offered a business like that and believe Ann Arbor is the perfect place to start. Uh, In February, the Ann Arbor City Council expanded the limit of chickens at each residence from four to six and made it easier to get a permit. Um, Let's see. The newly established company provides everything a family needs to care for hens from food to instruction. Renters will receive their chickens in April. Uh, They will arrange a delivery And then pick up is in November. So April to November, these folks will be. It says, renting chickens from my urban hen is $400 per season for two hens and $500 for four hens. At the end of the season, renters have the option of purchasing the hens and the coop. So seven months. Uh, Let me get my fancy little uh, calculator out here. Let's do some of this math. And you all know chicken math, and this is a different kind of math. But we also know that we're not in it to save money. We get that uh let's see four hundred uh divided by seven if you did that route uh you know that's fifty seven uh fifty seven dollars a month right, and then that's for two hens fifty seven dollars a month, and then five hundred dollars for four hens divided by seven come on fingers divided by seven five hundred $71 uh, per month. Now, based on the price of eggs. You see where I'm going with this, folks? Um, you know, I don't know, so so $500 for 6 months. I guarantee you, okay? Cuz I was doing some coop research this morning, matter of fact. And I saw a countless countless number of chicken coops. Yeah, they're the China-made coops coming over here on the barges. You put them together. They're pre-boxed with a pretty picture on them. Fur wood, you know, aren't going to last 20 years. No, but 269 bucks, 199 bucks, 359 bucks. Okay, so uh, two chickens, you figure, you, you know, you can probably find somebody to give you a couple of decent layers if you know them good enough. I don't know. I'm just not sold on this yet. We've talked about it in the webinars we've done with USDA and, and CDC. We, we've, we've talked about it on tour. We've talked. You know, I've talked to someone who does this in North Carolina. My friend Frank, who runs the chicken fountain, and I'm like, Frank, I just don't get it. And he's like, Look, you know, it's like everything else. The, the, the most recent customer he had said, um, you know, I just I'm a busy. Corporate person, I don't have time, and I can't even fathom building a chicken coop in my garage on the weekend. How long is that going to take me? Um, and, then, and then setting it up, and going and shopping for chickens, and da 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 da. So it's just for him, it's time savings. And let's face it, we're not doing this to save money. We know that, okay? But you know, seven months, five hundred dollars, when you know you could get one of these quote unquote throwaway coops for two fifty or three fifty. Maybe even get you know three or four free hens. From from friends, you know, quality hens that are, that are starting to lay or $3 uh, for a, a baby chick, you know. Yeah, you'll have to have some extra. But, you know, I, I, it's just not for me. Uh, why are these companies popping up now kind of all over the country? You guessed it. Because there's a need for this because of the people who are worried about commitment, who maybe think it's cheaper. You know, if I factor in the time of buying this coop, putting it together, and then not liking it, now I have to get rid of it, or I have to throw it in the, uh, break it up, throw it in the in the, in the fireplace, or, or start a fire with it, or I have to rehome these chicks. I know all that comes into play, but. a month, you can buy a lot of eggs for $71 a month. You can even buy good local farm-fresh pasture-raised eggs for $71 a month. So I'm not quite signing on to this uh, yet. So renting chickens from My Urban Hen, we've read that. Uh, The cost includes hens, a portable coop, uh, an 8-foot run, shavings for the coop, food, water, dishes, and a 7-month supply of food. My Urban Hen also offers organic and non-GMO food. Cage-free eggs like the ones My Urban Hen will lay cost 3 to $5 per dozen depending on the store. This year, My Urban Hen is offering 10 rentals. That's it. And they hope to expand the business in the future. Uh, they offer heritage breeds, Rhode Island Reds, Black Ostralorps, uh, which both lay five to seven eggs a week each. Good luck with that. Okay? The reason why I say good luck with that is that I, I don't know where they're keeping these hens. Maybe they're in their own backyard, and they're all together. They've established the pecking order. They're comfortable with their at. Now they're going to take two or four of these hens out of that family of hens, out of that uh, um, flock, they're going to take them, put them in a new coop they're not familiar with, put them in a new backyard they're not familiar with, and they may not lay up to three months, folks, because of the stress. You stress a hen, it's the first thing it's going to do is is, is stop that magical egg laying process. And you, you could be lucky; they may only stop laying for three days or maybe three weeks. Hey, you're you're out lucky. We've heard up to three months or even longer until you know. I don't know where I'm at. I got to reestablish pecking order now. Um, I don't know where my food's coming from. Am I going to get enough food here? Where I'm at? Is this person coming out to feed me? Is he friend or foe? Uh, what kind of a predator risk do I have here in this new place? All this stuff's going to. St- so, so five to seven eggs each week. Good luck. Okay. Um, some of these customers may experience that. I'm not so sure. So, um, what say you in the chat room about this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can see good and bad. I can see a little bit of good maybe coming out of this, but I see a lot of. Uh, it doesn't paint such a pretty picture with some of this stuff. So, But that's that's part of Chickens in the News uh, today. And I know these businesses are, are cropping up uh, all over the place. The next one I want to share about, and then we'll bring Dr. McRae on, next Chickens in the News we've got today. I love the title, What Can Nervous Chickens Teach Us About Schizophrenia? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're using some chickens and, and, and their emotions um, and feelings To maybe help some humans, so that's the title, What Can Nervous Chickens Teach Us About Schizophrenia? Uh, A geneticist weighs in. Despite all that neurotic clucking and scratching, domestic chickens are pretty unflappable. After all, we've bred them to be that way, preferring chill chicks to freaked out fowl. But the behaviors of more anxious chickens could do more than ruffle a bunch of feathers. New research suggests that studying the genome of flustered birds could shed light on human mental disorders. In a new study published by the Journal of Genetics, um, evolutionary bio- biologist uh, Dementic Wright and his team looked at whether there's a genetic connection between anxious behavior in chickens, mice, and humans. Despite the compact size of the chicken genome, it's just a third of the size of a human's. The bird's genes share surprisingly similarity to those of people. That's another reason why chickens are so great for genetic research, because they're both wild and domestic chickens. There are both wild and domestic chickens. Researchers can observe their contrasting behaviors and easily pin them to genetic differences. So, um, you know, I'll probably post this on Facebook a little bit later. So, you know, if you have that crazy uncle, <laughs> maybe um, he's related to some type of uh, crazy and wild chicken out there wandering around. You never know. So uh, so that's... that's um, Nope, hasn't called in yet. I want to go over here to the phone line. She's she's uh and I apologize about the delay. She is let's see, I, I got a message from her here. Let's see what it says. Oh. <laughs> okay, we've all we've all been here. Uh, she is trying to get out to her car from the grocery store as soon as possible. She's still on vacation. She hasn't got back to her college yet where she teaches. She's a professor there uh in uh poultry science department. And uh, she says she has a very slow customer in front of her checking out so so that's no big deal let me get over here to the uh, chat room it's slowly but surely a uh, um, love <laughs> for poultry in the chat room says that explains a lot because I have a few crazy relatives that may really explain uh, uh, a lot so and she also is stating uh, about the the rental coop uh, she has to agree that that's a huge risk and, and then biosecurity what happens when these uh, in November oh you know what uh, come take these to um, uh, come take these chickens back I don't want them anymore I just don't want to deal with them over the winter, and yuck, snow, muck. Uh, and, and was she going to bring them back to her existing flock? It's a biosecurity risk there, folks. It's not good. And then what, she's going to send them back out again to another home? There's too many variables there that I don't like um, regarding the coop rental programs, Um I'm just not sold on them yet. Maybe I'll change my mind when I see more of it going on and and the success of those. And if I hear them address these issues, uh, maybe I'll have them on. Maybe I'll invite them on and and we'll talk about these issues. That's what the show is uh, all about. I want to say hello to the folks kind of starting to pile into the chat room. I've really gotten away from the chat room for a while, actually for several years. So it's slowly but surely. Yesterday we had close to, I think we had about 17 folks at one time. Um, in in the chat room, live chat room so uh, this year I'm starting to uh, reinvent that if you will and have it opened up just as another way for during the show for other chicken lovers to interact Um, got a lot of feedback from yesterday's show Uh, Rip Stalvey was on a brand new show um, talking about Show poultry, introduction to show poultry. That's a brand new show we're doing starting this year, first Tuesday of every month. I just learned that uh, Alexandra Douglas, the quail lady, is going to be on. She's going to be taking the last Tuesday of every month. We got Dr. McCray still coming on. We got a new guest also. So happy to have him on, Uh, Maurice Batiski out of UC Davis. He is a um, uh, a veterinarian, poultry veterinarian. one of the top in the country. Uh, he's going to be coming on. We've still got Peter Brown, Chicken Doctor. Everybody loves him. He's going to still be on. So we streamlined it every Tuesday, every Thursday, 2 p.m. How easy is that to remember? And we've got these great guests that are going to be signed. We've got a new chicken, a newbie here. Um, and I can't uh, – uh, it's got to mean something. Uh, Arizona Summer Skies. Okay, I figured it out. I figured it out. I was thinking, how do I how do I sound this out? How do I sound what? Uh, and the AZ, okay, Arizona, uh, summer skies. I hope, hopefully that's correct. Uh, he or she is a uh, new uh, a newbie and wanting to learn all about keeping. Well, uh, oh, you come to the right place because we have true experts in their field. Don't rely on a blog or forum uh, that's being run by someone who's kept chickens for two or three years and now they think they're the chicken king or chicken queen. I don't do that. I'm not yapping about chickens because if I do it, you know, we get the true experts in poultry right here on the show. I want to say hello to East Dallas Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. Long time listener. Uh, Love for poultry. Long time listener. Uh, And, um, Christmas Chick, long-time listener. Yesterday, guess who? Walter. Walter from Connecticut. Uh, Yeah, Walter. He he was in the chat room yesterday. So uh, it was really good to see some of the uh, old-timers back uh, in the show. Let me get back over here. Um, I think this might be uh, Dr. McRae here that's just called in. So, again, I apologize about the delay. We did cover a commercial break. We covered chickens in the news, which is kind of entertaining. It opened uh, doors for discussion in the chat room. And now we've got some questions, uh, both if you're new or experienced, from folks. And we may even take a a call or two if uh, folks are interested in talking to Dr. McCray about their specific issue with their backyard poultry. So let's get over to the phone lines right now. I believe uh, this is uh, Dr. McCray. you there with us, Doc? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Oh, Good. Yay, yay, yay. Thank you very much for taking time uh, out of your uh, busy vacation schedule to <laughs> to join us. I, had a, I almost sent you another text this morning because we talked yesterday. You were hopping on a plane. I'm assuming you were hopping yeah. on a plane out at your mama's in Oregon flying back home. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and uh, I said, "Hey, okay, you're, you got any topic ideas for tomorrow?" We said, uh, "Yeah, Q and A. Let's do open open chat." And I said, "Yeah, we can do that." <laughs> and then year. I go to the grocery
1: and store and forget about it because I have no food at home, <laughs> home now that vacation's over.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, So uh, time to get back to work. Yeah, hey, actually, so I saw a uh, Facebook meme uh, earlier in the week that said, um, "Okay, folks, uh, two weeks in our pajamas, that's enough. It's Time to get back to work." <laughs> 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 Two weeks in our pajamas so how is a your How was your Christmas break? It was great. We, we had, uh, it was hot. We're in uh, southern Florida, so it was just a little bit weird. We've done it before here, last couple of Christmases we've had here, but this year was unseasonably warm. It's just weird being out, outside around the Christmas tree in shorts, sweating, <laughs> sweating, no doubt. It was so hot, sweating. Uh, we, we, we invited some friends in the uh, resort we stay at because they're away from family too to say, hey, come and enjoy our Christmas morning with the kids. There's still that special magic with Santa, and uh, I, I bought some uh, some Dunkin' Donuts, I think it was. And you know it's hot when the icing is melting off all of the donuts. You open up the donut oh, box, really? the <laughs> bread, and the icing has just all melted off the donuts. I'm like, this is just not right. You know, it's kind of hard to have it's kind of hard to have hot chocolate and hot apple cider when it's 85 degrees. Um, I and, know. You're opening oh, Christmas gifts, but uh, we did have a great one. We did visit some family up in Savannah, Georgia for about three days, four days, and then we got back down here to where it's uh, roasting hot again. So, um, But at least it's not negative four in uh, in Michigan right now. Like, no, no, no I'll, uh, I'll pick my battles for uh, that. Let me open it up with a um, – I hope you had a great holiday. Don't let me be rude. I hope you had a great time with your mom. <laughs> no, I
1: had a fun one. I made a quilt.
0: Oh, sweet. Got to love it.
1: Yeah.
0: Got to love it. That is awesome. I love and that. And sorry folks
1: know it wasn't with chicken fabric, but that is a goal. At some point I'll get good enough to use chicken fabric.
0: <laughs> there you go. Um I'm going to start off with this question, and it, uh, it comes to us uh, from Facebook. And um, they wanted to know if – and I'm going to chime in on this too because I've done this. She's looking at purchasing a couple of pygmy goats, and I don't know the size of her backyard, but she wanted to know uh, if there are any – necess- and I'll I'll kind of cover a ramification, that the problem we had with it, uh, one problem, but um she her question was more on the side of um, – diseases being transferred c- different types of coccidiosis or anything are there any ramifications of keeping some pygni- pygmy goats uh they'd be in separate they'd be in separate like they'd have a chicken coop and the goats would have their own little house or shed but they would share basically the open area in the backyard but they would be housed you know mm-hmm. in, in separate homes um and sure so her, her question was more about the disease relation and I will tell you we ha- we've had a couple of pygmy goats uh, we've had the chickens we've had them kind of an, even in a smaller or we've had I guess chickens fly over into the goat pen because they were separate and uh, we did have a goat step on and break a chicken's leg one of our pet chickens uh, yeah. so that what, that's a ramification you might want to be aware of uh, the, the young lady who answered that question we we did have that and that could be rare oh, I've had chickens and goats together forever never a problem. but her question was more along the lines of disease zoonotic transfer-up. diseases yes
1: Yeah, there are diseases that transfer between chickens and mammals. And they're the ones that we always seem to be talking about, Andy. Campylobacter and Salmonella have proven to move between species. Now, coccidiosis is an entirely different creature. That is species-specific, which means dog coccidia doesn't take up residence in humans or chickens and that sort of thing. But Salmonella is a very flexible critter and likes to jump from host to host. It's been shown uh, to jump from cows to chickens and vice versa when you graze cattle close to poultry houses. And again, when we tell people, you know, if you're talking food safety, um, that is, Definitely a consideration. There are other organisms that can transfer. There are some other bacteria uh, that can do the transfer, but the one that most people are going to be familiar with is good old Salmonella and Campylobacter.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's 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 good. I you know I didn't know regarding the disease, uh, but I have that was the, looking back one of the issues we had with um. um to keeping them both in. and they were in separate areas but uh, they like to get in there and scratch around the goat hay and things like yeah. that so it, w- it was an issue um here's it's another a good question concept kind of
1: related- to, to maintain pygmy goats with chickens but they should be in separate areas because of that risk and you know if you're going to have raw eggs at any time like cookie dough or that sort of thing and you're not going to have um, testing and, you know, just reduce your risk of having, um, you know, salmonella in your eggs by keeping them separate. If you're not going to do mm-hmm. that, which sounds like they're already well on their path, I mean, definitely treat your eggs like they're always positive because until you know they're not, you have to think of them as they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. This uh, this next question also related just happens to be... Um, young lady from Twitter wanted to know about we, – we've covered this in the past, but not real recent, and we're keeping things simple today, not real drawn-out drawn out answers, but kind of the same question but different animals. Different she animal. wants to know uh, about keeping turkeys and chickens together, even in the same pen oh, Andy, and in the same, you same fountain. Oh,
1: know the answer to that.
0: <laughs> I do understand. I know all too well uh, from listening to you and, and others about uh, blackhead and things like that from turkeys and chickens. And uh, that's probably a no-no, but I'll let parasites. you elaborate on that. Yeah,
1: well, yep. parasites with the exception of coccidiosis, there are seven types of turkey coccidiosis that can affect turkeys but not chickens. And you know, nine types mm-hmm. of chicken coccidiosis that affect chickens and not turkeys. Um but you know, worms can be an issue. Uh external parasites can be an issue and absolutely uh keeping turkeys in with chickens uh is a bad plan for uh as as far as uh blackhead disease is an obvious one I and mean, yeah. that's the one mm-hmm. that everybody knows about. Uh but mm-hmm. there are other organisms like say the susceptibility of turkeys to that new strain or that strain of avian influenza, you know, you don't want to keep them together in case your turkeys break with it. Well, you might be able to Mm -hmm. save your chickens if you kept them separate. And just because your grandma did it or your neighbor (laughs) does it doesn't mean that you shouldn't know better. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good deal. Good deal. And, you know, part of me being, I try to keep it simple and and, 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 and realistic. And I'm like, you know, how many times uh, maybe this well, uh, you know, you go to a farm and the cows are out, the chickens are out, the goats are out, the turkeys are out, the guineas are out. They're, they're all just all oh, hanging out together. That's a, like you say, the pictures of farms back in the day and things like that. And 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 people will say uh, it works for me. And then of course your favorite line, you know, show me the proof. Really, can you prove that? And you know, what kind of diseases have you had? Have you had them tested for any and diseases? You know,
1: the, Andy, the the big question is, that has yet to be answered is. What effect is doing that to have on the chickens' stress levels? You know, maybe they're constantly being uh, challenged microbiologically, and it shortens their lifespan. Um, what if they're, you know, constantly stressed out because you've got predators, birds of prey, or land-based predators? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you kind of have to think about that and go, all right. It looks cute. I think my chickens are happy. What am I doing to them? Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly.
1: That's a hard Um, question. Nobody's answered that one yet.
0: Exactly. Uh, Let me get over here to the phone lines because we want to bring on i think we may have a caller here so i'm going to ask and if not you can just say no i'm just calling to listen uh it looks like it's a caller maybe from the uh, fresno california area based on the uh, area code they may have a question for you they may just be calling in to to listen live via the telephone so let me get over here and uh, we'll just bring them live and see if they have any questions for you or uh comments caller calling in from area code 559 out in california state your name tell us where you're calling from
3: Hi, my name is Betsy. I'm calling from Madera, California. Um, I do have a question. Um, I have a pullet that is walking backwards, and she hasn't seemed to um, snap out of it. And this happened probably about three days before Christmas. Um, I've been having to hand-feed her, give her everything I can, um, having the help of other poultry friends. Um, I just want to know what do you think can be causing her to walk backwards? Um, from what I've done, some research, they said maybe E. coli as a chick maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, there's a
1: lot of things that can cause
3: that.
2: What
1: you okay. need <laughs> is a diagnosis from a from a qualified professional, and luckily you have a couple of resources near you. Okay.
2: Um,
1: up near... Um, Turlock, you have a diagnostic lab, and it's it's free for small flock owners.
3: Now, okay. it's
1: a terminal lab, but you might be able to ask them for, like, what if I give you a fecal sample? What could you grow off it? Or, you know, this could be something affecting the brain, and until the bird passes away, you won't get a diagnosis. Okay. Uh, okay. That can happen with some fungi. But I would take it to a veterinarian who can assist you. Um there is another resource up closer to Lodi and she's more in tune with what's available to folks in your area. Um, her name is Cherie Santise and she okay. has a consulting business that you can turn to. Charisse Cherie Centisse is C H E R I E and then Santis is S I N T E S. She also That's offers awesome. classes okay. and workshops um, you know, for groups. So Okay. That may be something for you to to learn about. Um, so you might be able to go to the diagnostic lab, or at least call them ahead of time and say, "This is a pet. I'd like to get a diagnosis yeah. without uh, sacrificing the bird." And this is the same lab that Bruce Charles and uh, Andy, if you remember him, he passed away recently. Um, this was mm-hmm. the lab yeah. that he oversaw, so I don't know who his replacement is, but um, they will be qualified to assist you. Now, I know oh. that Madeira and, and, and Lodi and Madeira and, and Turlock are not exactly right next to each other, but it's better than half well, to I'm take a the, like the data. Well, I'm right smack
3: in the middle of California, so pretty much anywhere I go, it's the same distance, <laughs> either southern or northern, you know, <laughs> so... Well, your other alternative is to go up to Davis,
1: which okay. you know, is, you know, the the central lab or go down to Tulare, which mostly handles dairy cattle, so but they, they have, have okay. actually Rich Chin is down there now and so is um Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, I'm getting old.
3: I, wonder <laughs> I if, if I can call them, them no state. Um if they way. No, help they don't any have ways. anything no. there. Okay. No, they're strictly okay. a teaching institution, really. Okay. And
1: the okay. diagnostic lab is associated with the with the UC system. Oh, okay. And it's okay. there for okay. you to, to use. So just call them, ask what your options are, and um, if there is a vet, you know, they may know of a veterinarian who was in your area that they'll send you to. And until okay. you start talking to them, you know, you're still going to be left wondering, so... You know, advocate
3: for that chicken. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, what? Advocate for your chicken. Oh, okay. Well, see, she, I, for her, she was supposed to be a gift for somebody for Christmas. Um, and oh. I have worked my butt off. I mean, I feel so bad. I've gotten so attached to her now. And it's, you know, I have um, someone told me to administer sub fluids. Um, because she just will not drink water, she will not eat food. Um, I have to give it to her by the dropper. Um, I just won't feed her anymore because she freaked out on me. Um, that I just won't have. <laughs> so I'd rather hand feed her until I can figure out what I could do for her. Maybe then.
1: Yeah, and and it also comes down to and and whatever veterinarian you talk to, it may come down to a quality of life issue. Okay. Is what you're doing really in ensuring a good quality of life? And, yes, it may have been a gift and good intention for someone, but how did she get yeah. sick in the
3: first place? Yeah. Um, and okay, that's- she got, yeah, it, that's the thing. She was eating one morning, and I'm outside with them all day long. Um, I noticed she didn't move from one spot for five hours almost. Um, So immediately I had just brought her in and started, you know, giving her some vitamins and just kind of keeping an eye on her until the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, She had passed all her stuff that she had ate the day prior, so I knew right away that she wasn't eating, so I needed to start her on something else. Um, But thank you for all your information. I will um, look that up, and I will see what I can do then. Sure. Now,
1: one other thing, just in case you start to forget some of the details, is this carries on, write that Uh information down.
3: Oh, I have a pen and paper I've been writing down. (laughs) As we talk, I've been writing the information down, yes. Oh, no, no. I mean,
1: like, keep a sick log of what the bird's activity and behavior is like and what you've been doing.
3: Okay, okay.
1: Just because you can't keep it all at the forefront of your mind all the time. Right, right.
3: Um, there's also a great app I use for notes, um and it's for schooling also. Um and I keep almost everything in there that I do. I just love it. So keeps a great record cool. without me having to have a paperwork behind me, so nice. Good job. Well thank you. Well thank you so much. Sure, and you know, let
1: Andy know either via Facebook or uh, maybe phone in later
3: on and let us know what happened. Okay. I will thank you, and I will keep you guys updated. Thank Great. you, have a good one thank you andy thank
0: you. yeah, thank you so much yeah that that could be you hear that so many times my birds walking backwards or you know they they'll show a picture uh I mean the first thing that pops up and that you'll see people post oh, it must be merricks or oh that could be uh, uh um not necessarily tied to, you know, Rye Neck, they'll talk about, oh, just give them some vitamins and they'll, and they'll all of a sudden they'll be fine. It could be, it could, like you said, it could be as simple as vitamins. It could be something that's maybe up there towards Merrick's that now if she's got other birds, it's going to create another big issue if it happens to be Merrick's. Obviously, nothing is going to take the place of true diagnostics uh, from a, uh, a veterinarian that can do those tests on poultry. And you're right, I guess she's out there where she can get lots of help that's nearby. Yeah. So that's good. Thank you very much for your phone call. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any uh, questions as well, callers go to the head of the line, uh 347-637-3237. That's 347-637-3237 and a uh, call in caller and when you call in press 1, we'll know you want to talk to the host uh and uh, our guest today and uh next question. Uh and this person's obviously has listened a lot or uh, has seen our posts about uh, nesting boxes and about how um, we often recommend nesting boxes that are either plastic formed or metal nest boxes versus just a box made out of wood because that creates a lot of cracks and crevices and joinery and things like that where mites and lice can hide. So they they wanted to get our perspective on this. So you have this wooden coop that you've made out of wood and you've got these shavings or hay or straw as bedding um and then you know maybe you have wooden nest boxes a row of them versus the metal or or um plastic nesting boxes and and their question was is that and I'll paraphrase here is that really a big deal I mean here I have a, already have a wooden coop which obviously is going to have some cracks and crevices I have all this bedding and hay and straw where these mice and lice can mice and lice can live uh by adding a a metal or um plastic kind of nest box you know even though it may prevent places they can hide and live There's all these other surrounding places they could be anyway. So how big a deal uh, is that? And the answer may incorporate, well, since their chickens are actually sitting in the nest box right there, all enclosed, that may make a difference as well. So she she, she, um, obviously has heard us talk about the advantages of metal and plastic uh, um, nesting boxes, less places for critters to hide, easier to clean, easier to disinfect, especially if they can be removed from the coop. Um, But she's you if there's already all these other places they could be, is that really a big deal? If she's looking to build a coop, and uh, yeah. versus just the wood boxes,
1: yeah, and I, it may be someone who hasn't caught some of my earlier shows with you many years ago, Andy. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the bigger picture
2: mm-hmm. of
1: good management practices. If you're going to use wood, which is a very cheap and readily accessible material for a coop, paint the inside. Paint the inside with something that is easy to clean and gets rid of those cracks and surfaces in which red mites can hide. And red mites are the big problem. Not so much northern fowl mites. However, northern fowl mites um, like to stay on the bird and can be transferred from bird to bird inside the nest box. But if they fall off, um, you know they're not going to be... You know, is likely to to find a pl- little hidey hole in a metal or plastic uh, surface. But if you have a wooden coop, yes, with wood shavings, then you should paint the inside of your coop and go to town with it. Decorate it. Some people love to to decorate. Mm-hmm. But Andy, there's a whole new avenue for you: chicken coop interior design. <laughs> there you go. No, but if you're going to use wooden nest boxes, I've said, paint them Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so that you have an easy-to-clean surface and you get rid of all those nicks and crannies. So, yes, part of that message may have been lost when people say, oh, okay, plastic, great, metal, great. Yes, they cost a lot, but, you know, if you're going to use wood, paint it. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, I think some of your your listeners are homeschoolers who have to do a science fair project. It would be interesting if they took their regular old chicken coop with their wooden nest boxes and painted the inside of the nest box different colors and see if the chickens choose to lay in different colored um, nest boxes because it's darker or lighter. That might be a fun project for one of your, your youth members. Yeah, definitely so. Sorry.
0: Nope, no problem. Um, let me go down here and see if we've got uh, another question. I know we've got some several more we want to get to. After this question, I'll go to a commercial break, and then we'll come back. Um, here we go. comes to us from Dan. Uh, are there any um, reasonable and humane ways to remove rooster spurs, and are there any advantages or disadvantages other than the obvious of doing so? So well, maybe he's getting flaws, roosters, maybe he's not.
1: Roosters can can get you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: roosters can also scratch up the hens, terribly so. Mm-hmm. Um to the mm-hmm. point of causing them to have an infection and die. Um, just in the act of meeting. And it's not that they want to spur the hen, it's just that um, you know, you've got a, a bird that's perhaps slipped and all it did is cut the bird, uh the hen. And The easiest way, really, is to take um, a pair of clippers and trim them back like a dog Tonio clippers. Um, If you've got an older male with a really big spur, I always recommend grinding them down. Um, They don't like the vibration, but it's completely painless. Uh, You can actually see what's going on. You're less likely to hit the quick or hit, you know, a part that has blood and If you use a drummel tool or a rotary tool with a rock attachment and you just grind it down, um, it's just something you do every year. And you can actually round the ends by doing this Mm -hmm. so that you don't get a pointy tip. Um, Some people say, oh, well, you just take a pair of pliers and you twist. Mm
2: -hmm. That
1: hurts the bird. And, yes, it's quick, and the bird's probably going to bleed. You never know. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you can sometimes tell where you can trim back to, and then start grinding, if you're looking for expediency.
0: Now, is it better to, let's say you've got young birds, you're raising them up, and when those spurs start to start to grow, is to try to start early on and and file them down, emery boyd, or or with one of those general tools, um, and then and then try to keep them small or keep them rounded, or because is it like where The longer the nail is, is. um, maybe on pets, you know, you go back a little bit, you get back to the quick, and then, you know, maybe the next time you can go a little bit further and a little bit further. Or would it be better if you you choose to keep the roosters, and you want to keep the roosters, but you want to try to help eliminate issues with their spurs to um, start it when they're young, just kinda of, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna nip this in the bud now
1: that's, and that's an option. Yeah. And it yes, you can work the quick back, but it depends on how much time you're willing to devote to it. And um it is a very dusty process and not everybody likes it, but yeah, that works.
2: Okay, and sometimes good
1: deal. with high testosterone grow spurs too, and you can do the same thing for them.
0: Okay, great. Hey, I'm going to go to a, a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back. We'll have some more questions. And, again, if you have a question for Dr. McRae, a poultry scientist and professor at Delaware State University in the poultry science department there, um, hey, 347-637-3237. That's 347-637-3237. We'll be back right after this short break. Stay with us, folks. Chat room's open. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Give the chance. long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater i recommend the sweeter heater purchase the sweeter heater online at sweeterheater.com that's sweeterheater.com where manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983 Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at one 888 Ware Manufacturing Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Come
1: back. Come back. Come back. Come
3: back. Come back. From our family to yours, feed your
1: chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's kalmbach dot com or order today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer.
0: Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today. Um, let me question what's in the line, lineup for uh, for next week to give you an idea as so we bring Dr. McCray back on and we kind of wrap it up for... Uh Oh, where'd my calendar go? Let's look back over here and see what we got uh, for regarding the weeks here. And uh, there's my calendar. It looks like da, 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 da. it's January here. Oh, coming Tuesday, very excited, uh, this coming Tuesday, the 12th, uh, we've got the director of NPIP, uh, the National um, Poultry Improvement Plan, NPIP, um, Dr. Uh, Denise uh, Brinson. Uh, she's going to be here on Tuesday the 12th, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, and she's going to be talking about a brand new program called the Salmonella Monitored Program. Okay, I always love it when she's on. She always sheds light on the MPIP program and tells us really what it is. Um, uh, I find myself sometimes, and she, she's where she's educated me a lot. But so so now I just spread the education. There's no such thing as MPIP certified. We got to get people getting away from that 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 term. Oh yeah, I'm MPIP. I'm MPIP certified. They don't certify squat. They don't certify you for squat. Uh, the term just comes up because I guess it sounds good or uh, more credentials. I don't know. But you're not certified for nothing. They don't certify you. You can participate in the MPIP program. There's many different levels. There's another catch there. She often talks about many different levels. Someone who just comes up and says, oh, yeah, I'm MPIP certified may do the very, very, very bare minimum. Somebody else may say, oh, yeah, I'm also MPIP certified, which we know that that doesn't exist. Uh, But they uh, participate in a, a program that checks for 10 times the amount of things. So there's a new program out that we're really trying to encourage people, especially Tis the Season, as they start calling mail-order hatcheries to order their baby chicks for the season. And this all came about because of the uh, salmonella outbreaks linked to live backyard poultry year after year after year after year after year. Um, And so now there's a new plan. Uh, called Salmonella Monitor that these hatcheries can participate. Anybody can participate in it, but um, where they specifically check for Salmonella strains that are directly uh, can affect humans. Uh, that's the key. Oh, my, my chickens are checked for Salmonella through MPIP, uh, probably not that affect humans. Salmonella flora Maybe we're talking about the, the, the strains that can affect and make people sick. Um, so Salmonella Monitor. She's going to be here Tuesday the twelfth next Tuesday, talking all about that. Um, that whole program. And uh, while we encourage you, when you go to order chicks this spring and you call the hatchery, ask them. It's very simple. Uh, do you all participate in the Salmonella Monitor Program? If the answer is no, ask them why. Really, why? Is my health not important to you guys? Why? Tell me why. And then maybe encourage them to. Maybe consider uh, ordering from another hatchery that, if they don't, that does participate in the Salmonella Monitor program. So we'll talk about that Tuesday. The next Thursday, super excited, uh, second Tuesday of the month, we're going to welcome a brand new guest for 2016 poultry veterinarian uh, from UC Davis University out in California. Dr. McCray's alumni as well out there. Uh, Dr. um, Maurice Batiski, he's also a contributor to Chicken Whisper magazine. Very excited to have him on uh, coming on. uh, next Thursday, so we've got a great lineup uh, next week uh, as well, so uh, we are back, you're, you're there with us uh, Dr. McRae. Still here let me see if we've got any um, questions in the chat room either that people can um Post. I didn't even think to mention that. If you've got a question, uh, there's Arizona um, Summer Sky. She uh, or he is a new poultry keeper, newbie. If you've got any questions we haven't addressed today, uh, That we'll probably address them sooner or later. But if you have any today that you were saying, yeah, I've always wanted to know that or I've always wanted to know this, post it in the chat room. I'll make sure I get it uh, on the air before we wrap up the show. Betsy, same thing goes for you. Christmas Chick um, down uh, in Florida. Any questions this week regarding that? And um East Dallas State, same thing. Uh we got a guest in there, and then of course a uh, good friend Christina Love for Poultry. I think I'm gonna to try to send you an instant message or private message here in a minute, uh Christina. So um see so yeah, if you have any questions, try to post them in the uh in the chat room and I'll get that get that done. Okay. Next question, very controversial. I know Peter Brown comes on and talks about he'll flat out just say <laughs> <laughs> and you know Peter Brown. He'll just flat out say, your treats are killing your chickens. Okay? Um, and, and we've talked this time and time and time again. So another question that tries to keep it on the real end of this, and um, we had someone had posted that, um, yes, their chickens love their treats, and they love their oatmeal in the morning, and they love their uh, whatever in the afternoon, um, scratch, that type of thing. And so they, they want to know... Realistically, and this is a loaded question, Doctor McCray. I know it is. Um, we always hear the term "no more than ten percent of their normal ration" or their, their, "no more than ten percent of their daily ration" should be treat oriented. Um, and uh, do do you kind of agree? How much? I think she's asking how much is too much. We we know you and me both know. Raise our hands. and We surrender. You're not going to stop people who are giving treats to their chickens to give them their treats to chickens. We get that. We understand. Pets, pets, pets. Um, they're named. We get it. Um, but but on a realistic format, you know, to, to just say that to the soccer mom who's got uh, a dozen hens in her backyard, no more than 10% of their daily ration should be treated. Well, they may not even know what that means. So how much is too much? And are there any treats that really we should stay away from, I guess, to try to give her the best answer for her question.
1: Honestly, Andy, it comes down to human (laughs) self-control. As everything. Yeah. So, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, Everybody knows that feeding a balanced diet to your family is what you should be doing, and most of us try to do that. Uh, We if we're going to grow our own food and give it to our family, you know, we, we do our best to, to feed our families a balanced meal daily. And then occasionally giving a treat, maybe mm-hmm. um, one or two mealworms, or if you're going to put scratch grains down because it's winter, whatever the, the flock can clean up in no more than 10 minutes' time. hmm
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm
1: is realistic and you're dealing yeah, with the, the biggest problem here is the humans, not, not the treat. <laughs> because you know, <laughs> once a month you give chickens a mealworm, you're probably going to be okay. But if every day your chickens beg for a handful of mealworms, then you, the human aren't doing it right. You're getting suckered and just like any other pet, not, everybody does a good job with their pets and any veterinarian can tell you that they see obese dogs and cats. They see owners who are like, Oh, I just can't tell fluffy. No. (laughs) Ah, Awesome. So you're willing to let your animal pay the price because you can't say no and you're not willing to do the training. And so this is the facts of, of any sort of animal ownership is, you know, you learn what you learn. Occasional, occasional treats are okay. But if if you just like the look of a chicken running around with a, a worm in its mouth and it's clucking and playing and whatever, you know, take, cut back on their regular diet um, if if you have to. If you know that your chickens just went through a, a, a pile of, of, you know, fruit that dropped from the tree and, and, you know, that they may be full up for the next day or so, don't give them the treats that you would normally give them. Forgo the scratch grains. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And you have to think about this Is am I providing my animals with the best possible living circumstances, including what goes in their beaks? And a lot of people don't like facing the fact that maybe they're not doing as good a job as they ought to be. And it's tough.
0: Yeah, it is stuff. When we talk about ten, the ten minute rule, I'll tell folks. Number one, I'm not a fan of scattering anything, whether it be their regular feed or treats or scratch or anything, onto the ground because we know they're not going to get it all. And what's going to happen when the sun goes down? Here come the mice. Here comes the rats. Here comes the rodents. Here comes the raccoons. Here come every. So, I'm not, so if you have a treat and you do the ten minute rule, uh, you can put those. Say, we'll just. I'm just going to go. Be, use a bad word here. Scratch grains in the pie pan. That little leftover ten pan, put it down there. Look at your watch. Even if they haven't finished it in ten minutes, that's all, girls. Ten minutes. You got ten minutes for this pan of scratch, and it is gone at that point. It is done. So ten minutes of whatever that treat may be uh, regarding that. Because I know it's tough. Because you want to, and, and like Peter says all the time, let's face it, the treats are for us. They're not for the chickens at all. Um, they make us feel good <laughs> about what we're doing. Kind of like you you talked about it as well.
1: Unless you're using. The- training that can be a different circumstance and yes sometimes Mm -hmm. you you can actually you if you're using your treats for training your chickens you tend to pay a little more closer to attention to how much is going into them and you know training for chickens is usually no more than 15 minutes a day and so there that's Mm -hmm. it's usually a little bit less than you know free feeding them for 10 minutes on whatever
0: you're giving exactly and I'll mention this too um, and then we've got a question from the chat room and we'll kind of wrap it up today Um, uh, I'm not saying this is good or bad I am just stating a fact I'm sharing some information Uh, for some listeners they may not care one hoot about this other listeners may raise an eyebrow and think "Hmm, maybe I do need to look at the bag maybe I do need to research growing my own or raising my own but if you look folks by far the majority of Mealworms marketed for backyard pet chickens today, they are coming out of China. They are sourced from China. Now, what does that mean? Well, it may not mean anything, but I can tell you this past year, Petco, one of the largest pet companies in the world, totally eliminated, took out of their stores any dog and cat treats sourced from China, period. No questions asked. So I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just making you aware this may be important. There's a lot of people that have no clue. When I say this to folks on a blog or forum, they'll be like, I didn't know that. They go the back of the bag source from China, made in China. And they have high feelings about this they're like you know no they have a bad track record for dog and cat treats they have a bad track record for putting melamine and vitamins they have a bad track record of producing bad sheetrock for homes in florida remember that debacle um they don't have a very good track and so do i want to consume these do i want my chickens that i love so dearly to consume these there may not be one iota of risk involved in that at all um but i'm so i'm just using this informational oil uh, for, to give you the information that it may or may not be important to you. Some people it's very important to, but if you look, the majority of these really popular um, freeze-dried you know, dried mule worms, they're coming out of China. Do your research, folks. we got a question in the chat room from Betsy up here. kind of goes back to our spur question we had from our Twitter or Facebook. Um, what it says, oh, let me scroll up here. Um, what do you think would cause a cock not to grow spurs? Uh, I don't know for a fact. Maybe this could be a question. She may have a rooster that has no spurs. So uh, have you seen that, or do you? Th- could it be some yeah. type of uh, DNA issue?
1: Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of low testosterone levels. Okay. That's really it. Uh, he's probably got low testosterone levels. He might be very young, and he hasn't grown them yet. He might be very old. And he's past his prime, and his testosterone levels are dropping. So um, you know, it it could be that uh, it could be that you have a, a hen that has just enough testosterone for her her comb to be big, but you know, her feathers are still rounded. Um, or you might actually have a you might have a, a real rooster who's just you know past his prime.
0: I think that it, I don't. Oh God, we've done over a thousand episodes in eight years, so I don't know if it was you or not. It may have been you. Uh, we had somebody uh, come on and talk about, and talk about. What, what is attractive to a rooster. <laughs> and we, we've talked about you, you may have alluded to this. It may have been you uh, about the, the bright red comb and the, and the big walt- bright wattles, or you know, uh, a fluffier tail, or. You know, something now, like that. Now let's, it's okay. let's
1: carefully take apart what you just asked me. What is attractive <laughs> to a rooster? Actually, the hen is the one who does all the selection.
2: So, evolutionarily
1: okay. speaking, the rooster looks the way he does because the hen has chosen him.
0: Okay, so when we, and this is a great learning curve for all of us. So when I have oftentimes used the phrase, and many others have, a rooster will have his favorites because we'll talk about maybe buying a hen saver, hen apron. But, you know, you've got a dozen hens, and you've got four or three uh, that really look really worse for the wear. Because, and we'll say uh, the rooster has his favorites. You know who they are. Just look at the back of your hens. Um, would that not be a correct assessment. So you're thinking the hens are kind of, hey, baby, come on over here, versus the, the well, rooster we, saying, you're my favorite.
1: Well, we use a different set of terms. <laughs> um, we, we And this is going to sound really bad, so bear with me, folks. Get ready. All we right. have females who solicit the male for, bra- for mating often, and those are usually the lower-quality females. Um, females that are lower in the peck order tend to, um, to crouch for the male more often. However, the more dominant females or the females that are higher in the peck order, um, sometimes the males, you know, just due to proximity will, mm-hmm. will mount them more often, but the high quality females, um, tend to, uh, solicit the male on a less frequent basis.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
1: So if they're higher right. up on the on the peck <laughs> order, do you see some life lessons there? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love for poultry in the chat room said, "Hmm, that's interesting because my husband has changed his look since I've met him." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yep. And so uh, it's, a, it's a
1: matter of of the male. You know, of course, if if a if a male is is really gung ho. Like sometimes first thing in the morning, he'll just he'll grab whoever's closest to him. And of course, if a female, um, you know, due to proximity, just constantly is grabbed, then she'll start to show wear and tear. Um, but the the rooster really will um, mate whoever is is nearest him or whoever is available. Now as as the flock solidifies and males and females get to know each other more often, sometimes the males will actually choose not to mount a female that offers herself crouches in front of him more often. He will forego that female um, for one reason or another. So yeah, that's, that's also something to consider. There's a lot of, of social dynamics going on inside the harem.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks, right here on uh, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. That that right there is uh, – that's why we have so many homeschoolers that listen to the show because they incorporate this into their, their cu- weekly and daily curriculum um, – you know, maybe animal science or science in general, or, or you know, who knows? You know, what? they are they going to? Well, there you go, folks. It's always a learning process here for everybody, including myself, <laughs> because you, because you often say that the, the rooster has his favorites, but. Uh, we now have some scientific uh, explanation of that may not be so accurate, Mr. Chicken Whisperer, so got to love it, got to love the show, and um, thank you very much. <laughs> got to love Dr. McRae. She's been coming on for four or five years now uh, pretty routinely on the first and third Thursday of every single month. We're starting that for 2016 as well, and we love it, a lot of her uh, topics that she brings to the show. Um, we're trying to be creative. I don't know as, as one reason while I'm getting the chat room a little bit more active and reinventing it, this year is so we can maybe do that avian live avian bowl type of show uh, on occasion where we can have teams uh and and i'm trying to still brainstorm that dr mccray about how we can do a a live on the air avian bowl i'd be great if your
1: your listeners could 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 somehow you know work as a team and and answer questions and, you know, maybe if we figure out how to do this, it could be, a, you know, maybe over the course of the year after, you know, 10 rounds of a team participating, whatever team comes on top, you know, they win a prize or something like that. That would be oh, yeah, kind of cool got, uh, if we could figure out how to do that.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, uh, no, I think that's I'm, – I'm still trying to put that together because I think that would be so much fun and we used to do fun Fridays where we do trivia and answer questions we all kinds of things along with our coop contest so I think that'll be great too and at the same time it'll be fun it'll be funny it'll be and, and educational and people have a chance to win some prizes as well so hey thank you very much for coming on today if you haven't already got hopefully you didn't have any uh, cold items that needed to go in the fridge immediately yeah. when you're coming out of the store <laughs> but, but thank you for taking time out of your vacation um, to come on the show and uh, share your knowledge with all of our listeners and we'll see you back here on the uh the third Thursday here in a couple of weeks from today we'll see you then.
1: Thank you Andy. All
0: right, thank you very much. I got to love Dr. McRae. she's such a sweet person and a very knowledgeable we love to have her on. It's a blessing to have her on. And remember next Tuesday, this is it for the weekend. Uh this coming Tuesday the 12th, uh we're going to have uh Dr um uh, Denise Brinson with MPIP on talking about a new program there, Salmonella monitored Next Thursday, we'll have Dr. Maurice Patiski He's also a contributor to Chicken Whisper Magazine at Poultry Veterinarian out of UC Davis uh, in California coming on. I don't have a topic for that one yet, uh, but I'm sure we'll have a topic we'll be discussing uh, next Thursday. So remember, tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, we have often told folks, especially recently, listen again for the very first time. The show's always improving. Uh, we're always trying to do what we can to make it better, and now We've relaunched the chat room uh, because a lot of people love that. They miss that. Now we had we used to fill the chat room up with forty, fifty folks, and then a lot of and they would work full time, and a lot of times their workplace would uh, uh, eliminate the chat room. They would basically uh, what was what's the word ban the chat room, or they someone the IT department would eliminate that, so they could still listen live but not participate in the chat room. So we're trying to relaunch the chat room for 2016 as well. And uh, so we'll say thanks to all the folks in the chat room that are listening. Wow, uh, love for poultry, Christina and Brighton and Laura. It's so good to see you back in the chat room, and I uh, hope you all are doing well, and i uh, wishing you all the best for 2016 East Dallas Dave. Same with you. I think he listens while he's at work. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Christmas Chick, as always, and Christmas Chick, if you didn't know, um, Lisa uh, Pedro does a lot of our reviews, product reviews for Chicken Whisper Magazine and she's got a little farm down here in Christmas, Florida does all kinds of things raising all kinds of different animals and then Betsy uh, um, in the chat room as well and there was one more let me scroll up and see her uh, Arizona Sunny Skies I think Summer Skies, thank you for tuning in today uh, as well so uh, that's going to wrap it up, we'll see you Tuesday make sure you're tuning, it's going to be a great show uh, next Tuesday and Thursday and again that's our kind of our new regular schedule now, Tuesday and Thursdays at 2. How easy is that to remember? Tuesdays and Thursdays at (laughs) 2. So we'll see you next Tuesday at 2. God bless everybody.